Hello, everybody, and welcome into another episode of the Couch GM's podcast. I'm your host, George Kurth, here along with the two best friends that anyone could ask for, Tyler Snyder. Tyler, how you doing today? I'm doing good, George. And Cody Roadcap. Cody, how are you? I'm doing great. Uh, living on a high from some social media uh, connection with Aaron Rodgers that I'll talk about in a little bit. Ooh, excited for that story, and that'll come with our NFL news that's coming up. But what else to expect today? We got a quick recap of the latest and greatest things that happened this week. And we're going to, again, like last week, redo a little bit of our mock draft. We did picks 5 to 10 last week. We're going to do 8 to 15 this week, thanks to a little bit of a trade that I will actually pass off to Cody, and we'll talk about at the top of our NFL news. Yeah, that's right. So uh, the big news of the week, the biggest headline is Sam Darnold uh, was traded to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, There had been talks whether they were going to keep him, move him. It seemed like the Panthers are one of the few teams that were actually interested and they were able to get a deal done. Pretty much locks up that the Jets are taking quarterback, just like our mock draft. We had them taking Zach Wilson. That right now seems like the clear favorite for them to land him. But guys, what are your thoughts on Darnold in Carolina, good fit. Do you like the Panthers' approach, or do you think this was a we missed out on Stafford? We're not getting Watson. We don't like Teddy. We got to do something. Well, I don't think it was just a panic move. Um, you know, just a move that they made because they didn't get the other guys. I think we're all overlooking Sam Darnold a little bit. Uh, in his rookie year, he was actually pretty solid, and he looked really good. And the last couple of years, he hasn't looked as good. One, you need to look at the surrounding cast, the receivers he had to throw to, the offensive line he had, the defense, the coaching, and it was all very, very below par. It was terrible, honestly, to put it lightly. Uh, and you can't really expect him to succeed in a system like that. And at the same time, he also had Adam Gase as his head coach. Guys, we've talked about it all season long, how bad Adam Gase is. We've seen so many quarterbacks that look good get Adam Gase as their coach, and suddenly they're trash. I mean, obviously I'm the Titans fan here, so I'm always going to link back to the Titans, but look at Ryan Tannehill with Adam Gase compared to Ryan Tannehill with Mike Vrabel. It's a completely different person. It's a totally different quarterback, and I think we're going to see that same thing from Sam Darnold. I think now that he... Gets out of that system. He's got Matt Rule, a much better head coach. I think that they'll be able to utilize him a lot better. Uh, They still don't have the flashiest of weapons over there in Carolina. Hopefully they can snag a receiver or two in the draft. But uh, still a huge step up from where he was in New York. And I think Sam Darnold's going to do great here. I think a lot of it had to do with, yeah, they wanted Teddy gone, like Cody said. And by the time pick eight rolls around with the way the draft is shaken out, there's not going to be many top quarterbacks left on the board. So I like that somebody that's going to give Sam Darnold a chance is the one that ended up with him. I think that he is better than he has looked because of the Adam Gase system and everything that Tyler said. But you have to put that question mark of like, at least they didn't pay much because you don't know if you're going to get something good. There's always like he, as much as he has the potential, he's not a proven talent. The other thing that I like is he played with Robbie Anderson up in the Jets, up with the Jets for a couple of years. They are now reunited in a better system. That actually might be a good thing for Robbie Anderson in fantasy this year as well. Yeah, definitely uh, Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore are some names to keep an eye on uh, in fantasy. 
It's also just interesting to point out that uh, if you follow our mock draft, even last week, I mocked them to take Mac Jones, who they had the opportunity to work with at the Senior Bowl, which makes it pretty clear that they weren't impressed, that they had they felt they needed to go in a different direction, and they probably weren't going to be able to trade up to four with Atlanta because that's a divisional rival and that the Falcons aren't going to help them get their franchise quarterback. I do have one other question for you guys about this whole trade. Sam Darnold is only 23. Do you think he could be better than any of the quarterbacks that were taken in this draft? Would you have, because of his age, or do you think it would still have benefited them to start completely fresh? See, I'll take that one. Uh, I think that he could end up better than some of the guys in this draft. Now, at the same time, look, you need to go back and look at the uh, drafts of even recent past. You have these quarterbacks at the top that at the time before the draft, you're saying, why would we go after a veteran when these guys are in the draft? These are the game changers, the franchise guys that will change everything and take us to the Super Bowl, take us to the promised land. But then Marcus Mariota doesn't work out. Then Jameis Winston doesn't work out. Then Mitchell Trubisky is signing for pennies to be a backup quarterback. There's first-round quarterbacks that everyone thinks is going to be great that end up not working out because we haven't seen what they can do in the NFL. College is not the NFL, and it doesn't transfer completely. There's guys that are not that great in college that actually look great in the NFL. It goes the other way as well. What, but we have seen what Sam Darnold can do in the NFL. We just haven't seen what he can do with a great coach yet. So I think that Sam Darnold honestly has the potential to be better than all of these guys. Maybe not Trevor Lawrence, but again, you never know until you see him. But like you've seen Sam Darnold, but you haven't seen good out of Sam Darnold. Like, yeah, we keep blaming it on the system and saying Sam Darnold has all this. And I'm a fan of him, too. But you have to also look at like he's not proven. He is just as much of a wild card as every other quarterback in this draft. So just to take the opposite side, like there is that worry still. It's not like you're getting a slam dunk like anyone that was trying to trade for Russell Wilson or even the Rams who traded for Matt Stafford. Completely agree. I think it's also one last thing to point out with this deal is they did get three draft picks back, but two of them are for next year. So even though they did guarantee that fifth year option for Sam Darnold, so he's going to be on the team for two more years, they got ammunition for next year's draft. If it doesn't pan out, they have more picks to potentially go back up, or if it doesn't pan out, they're probably picking top 10 anyway. So I think they set themselves up for a low cost, high reward type move. Could work out great. And then they're also set up for the future. Uh, we got one other storyline, though, not typically NFL related. Uh, we're talking about Jeopardy. Uh, that's the only excuse you have for not listening to this podcast this week is that you've been watching Jeopardy all week. And why should you be watching it? Well, Aaron Rodgers, of all people, is guest hosting uh, for the next two weeks. I don't know if you guys have been watching it, but it's uh, been pretty fun watching Aaron Rodgers step outside the football field and into the game host spotlight. Yeah, he's honestly been doing very well with it. Uh, he's been interesting. But, Cody, did you see the jab at the Packers on night one in the final Jeopardy? I, I did. I thought it was I thought it was funny. Uh, well, not funny. It, to set it up for anyone that didn't see the episode, it was final Jeopardy. They were playing the music, and the guy 
Uh, I forget the the question. I know the answer was Mr. Rogers, uh, the old TV show. But instead of writing the answer, he wrote, whose decision was it to kick the field goal? Well, you know, and Aaron said that's incorrect. (laughs) And if the question answer was Mr. Rogers, hey, he could have been throwing shade at Matt LaFleur. I'm surprised, you know, some of those talking ESPN personalities, you know, or pro football talkers, some of those ones that like to dig deep for those low-cut jabs, uh, Aaron Rodgers at the Packers. Surprised that one didn't take off uh, uh, this week. But still a heartbreaking, still a question that we'll completely uh, not understand. But he also wants to do it full-time. What are your guys' thoughts about that, of him possibly full-time Jeopardy host, full-time NFL quarterback? I think that would be a hell of an adventure, and I would totally welcome it. I mean, we all miss Alex Trebek. He made that show what it is, but Aaron Rodgers has been entertaining. He's been doing good, and it's nice seeing somebody like him who you might put on a pedestal because you do all these like sports heroes, but you see him just kind of be a little bit more of a normal guy, be relatable, talk to normal people. I like it. I think it's a little bit of a tall task, but he actually broke down the amount of days he works and the amount of days they film. He's like, I think I could do this. So let's see if he convinced anybody to actually do it. I think it would be in his best interest to wait until after football season or after uh, he retires. I think then moving on and hosting Jeopardy from there would be fun. I mean, yeah, you could have him up in the booth, which is, I think, what we all expect after he's done either that or going to coaching. But at the same time, look, if he has more fun hosting Jeopardy, let him go for it. I mean, let him live his life. He's one of the most interesting quarterbacks and players we've seen in the NFL in our generation. So it just continues by being a Jeopardy host. So you're saying a Jeopardy host and NFL quarterback is not the same as Bo Jackson playing football and baseball, you know, are they relatable in any way? It's on a different level because at least, you know, hosting Jeopardy isn't a physical. I got to go with Bo Jackson still on this one. I mean, to play in two different sports at a great level is better than hosting a game show as well as playing football. With how much of a beating these players take these days, I don't think anyone could be a two sport athlete anymore. So like I kind of appreciate the person that can go out there and play football to the level of Aaron Rodgers and still have the smarts and the social ability to host Jeopardy. So I'm actually going to go with the football player Jeopardy host combo for the what's cooler. I, I, I appreciate that, George. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, but before we get into our mock draft, I did tease a little fun story. Um, so after his first night of uh, hosting Jeopardy, Aaron Rodgers did an Instagram live video uh, during the halftime of the NCAA championship game. Congrats on Baylor for upsetting Gonzaga. Hopefully your brackets were better than mine this year. Uh, but back to the story, uh, Aaron Rodgers was taking questions and he picked 10 from people that posted in for his uh, Instagram thing or on his, whatever it's called, the little chat box on Instagram. You know what I'm talking about. So I sent one in. It was a stupid question. Uh, there was a picture that surfaced around him uh, for earlier the day. He was with his fiance Shailene Woodley, and he had a little top knot man bun. So I just asked him if his hair inspiration was Big Bob, Robert Funyun Tunyon, all the great names because he has, you know, George Kittle-esque hair. Go look it up. Maybe maybe I can convince George to put it full screen on the podcast. So if you're listening, go check it out on YouTube. 
Um, at Cody Road Cap, uh, is Big Bob your hair inspiration? Big Bob Tanyan is definitely an inspiration for me for my hair. I've been growing it out for a while. I had the really man bun. Really right now. Maybe you shouldn't show today. them. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Big Bob is definitely an inspiration. So Big Bob, if you're watching, thank you, brother. And uh, thanks for the inspiration on the various mullets-inspired hairstyles you're going with. Pretty, pretty dumb, but I felt like I was on cloud nine. I know, Tyler, you've had some experiences where your favorite players have retweeted you. Anytime you get any interaction from these players that we look up to, role models, idolize, however you do it and realize, hey, they're just a normal person and they'll interact with us just like we would interact with our friends. It's a pretty cool experience. Yeah, to all the professional athletes out there that are listening to our podcast, because I'm sure there's countless of them, uh, I think the entire NFL roster is just watching our podcast as we speak. But it literally takes not even two seconds to just like a tweet or retweet something on Twitter that somebody posts about you. And trust me, we can say for sure that it'll make our day. It makes the fans day. It makes your week. Sometimes it makes your year. And if you go to the level of saying something like in an Instagram live video, that probably took them what five minutes to make answered a couple questions. Cody was on cloud nine. So interacting with these fans and doing something small and minute like that, that really doesn't take much energy from you can really go a long way with the fans. So uh, to all you professional athletes out there, uh, keep doing what you're doing. Keep interacting. And on the this same has token, been an Aaron Rodgers appreciation post. <laughs> absolutely. But on the same token, <laughs> us as fans, we also have to have the responsibility to, you know, if a player makes a bad play and you think it cost in the game, realize there's 60 other plays in that game that could have changed the outcome. Never threaten someone's lives on social media. Don't say something on social that you wouldn't say directly to their face. You want those interactions? They got to want to come on social media and interact. Cheer for them when they do well. Cheer for them when your team doesn't do well. But keep it clean. And that's how you have the most fun, interacting with fans or interacting with us at the Couch GMs everywhere. Because, hey, we'll like all your tweets. Absolutely. And you know what? We had some news with, uh, you know, Cody got to talk about his Packers with Aaron Rodgers hosting Jeopardy. Um, not really much to talk about with the Titans other than hiring Jim Schwartz as like an assistant coach somehow. It doesn't even have a title yet. Uh, but, George, there was a couple Eagles signings. You want to talk about those? Eagles have re-signed running back Jordan Howard, which is good for the running back depth in that backfield. They seem to be a mess last year once Miles Sanders went down. Potential handcuff for fantasy this year. We'll watch for that one. And I do not remember the name. Eric Wilson. Thank you. And the Eagles also signed linebacker Eric Wilson. <laughs> From the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> he was the NFL's leader in linebacker interceptions, and he had over 100 tackles last year. So Eagles are trying to find ways to break my heart even more when they have all these great signings, and then they end up being mediocre next year like we all expect. But great moves. It's nice to see them finally making some noise in free agency, which we have not seen much of besides the one signing of Anthony Harris earlier. Right. That, guys, I'm just going to go out and say it. We've uh, Free agent signings are really calming down now that we've gotten through the first couple of weeks. Um, 
And one of the biggest names still out there is Jadavian Clowney. We hinted at it like weeks ago. I think this dude's going to hold out until after camp yet again. This dude finds a way to not have to do camp every single year, and I think it's going to happen again. Hey, I could see it, and we're still waiting on Richard Sherman. That's uh, another big name, and he's doing podcasts with Chris Collinsworth over for PFF, so maybe he's going to hang it up to be a podcaster. Another role model, even though Tyler doesn't like him, look up to him as a podcaster. You know, that's what we're doing. I'll still he's a smart dude. He went on. to an Ivy League school, if I remember right. And, like, uh, I think Stanford. he's dealing with an injury, too, though. So maybe that's part of the problem. Stanford, that's what it was. My bad. Hey, look, if he that's wants to good. confront me about him not being one of my favorite players, he could just come on the podcast and we could we could hash it out here. All right, well, Sherman, well, maybe we'll have that. If you're listening. <laughs> he has an open invitation. Maybe we'll work that out in the near future. Uh, one quick thing before we move on, Tyler, I didn't want your Titans to feel left out. I did see a report that they are adding a uh, a sensory room uh, to Nissan Stadium uh, for people on the autism or autistic spectrum so they can still come and enjoy the football games in the game day atmosphere but have a sensory room to keep the noises at a minimum. Uh, it's great to see NFL teams adapting, uh, and we had to get the Titans in there since we talked about our other two teams, so – Great move on their part, but guys, I think it's time to move on to what everyone's probably waiting for, and that is the mock draft series that we're doing. Like George mentioned at the top, we are doing picks 8 through 15 because of the Sam Darnold trade. George, Tyler, and myself will alternate picks, so I'm going to start today with pick 8. Then George will have pick 9, Tyler pick 10, and we'll keep alternating. These picks are what we would do. We are the couch DMs. We're going to be the couch DMs of this specific team. There is approximately five minutes per pick. We don't normally take all five minutes. We could. It's not official, but just something to keep in your back of your minds, guys. And most importantly, when we make a pick and you're listening, if you hate it, if you love it, let us know on social media. We're at the Couch DMs on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, down in the YouTube comments, wherever you're listening, wherever you're watching. Get involved. Let us know what your pick is, who your draft crush is, uh, and as we move through this draft, I feel like I've been talking a lot, but I'm but I'm on the clock, so I got to keep going. Uh, with the Carolina Panthers restarting at pick eight, last week I had them taking Mac Jones. Obviously, they're not going to do that this week after taking Sam Darnold. So for me, it's between two positions. It's between Kyle Pitts, tight end, and it's between Rayshon Slater, offensive tackle. Those are the two guys I'm debating here. Ironically, they're both on offense, and they took all defense in the 2020 draft. So some people might say they want to go for an edge rusher or get a cornerback. They can't keep going defense. They got to add some talent to that offense. And if they're going to add talent, I think they're going to take the best player available. So I'm going to give them Kyle Pitts. I think Rayshon Slater makes a strong case, but they did just franchise tag Taylor Morton, and he's predominantly the right tackle. I think Slater forecast to being a right tackle. So I think having two right tackles, they're still going to have a little bit of hole at the left tackle if you think Greg Little is a hole at the left tackle. Um, so they're going to get the maybe the best player in the draft, a guy that could potentially go top five, somehow fell out of the top ten last week, but he is on the board with Pickett. Eight, I will take Kyle Pitts, tight end, hybrid receiver out of Florida. They've been looking for a tight end to fill that spot ever since Greg Olson left, and Kyle Pitts is probably even better. 
So, well, I mean, we'll see. Draft prospects are always a question mark, but you also mentioned he could be the best in the draft. NFL.com has him with the second highest draft grade that I've seen, only behind Trevor Lawrence. So, dude seems legit, and his pro day only helped him. Absolutely. And Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, Kyle Pitts, Christian McCaffrey, that's four people around Sam Darnold that is significantly better than, no offense, Braxton Berrios which was a starting yeah. player for the New York Jets last year. So you, you traded for Sam Darnold, get all the pieces around him, make him thrive, and uh, try to win some games in that competitive division. All right. Well, I guess that puts me on the clock with pick nine, the Denver Broncos. So last week I had them taking Micah Parsons, the linebacker, but that was because I said there was no real quarterbacks left on the board. We said Mac Jones was taken at pick eight last week, and we already had the top three taken Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, while top four, Justin Fields as well, in the top four picks. So because of the lack of quarterbacks left, I said they were going to roll with Drew Locke for another year. But I'm going to come back on that with Mac Jones still on the board, and I'm going to have them take Mac Jones, quarterback out of Alabama. He is... Very, He has very mixed reactions from all the draft scouts, it seems like. There's some people who think he's going to be legit. There's some people who you know, seem to fall into the, he's an Alabama quarterback. He's going to be just like the rest of them. So we'll see. But just because he's still on the board, I think they're going to take the chance and give someone behind Drew Locke. If he, if he and all the others are off the board, I would not be shocked if they went elsewhere at pick nine. Yeah, and like we said in previous episodes, we are not doing any trades. Uh with our mock draft just to simplify it. But I expect a lot of draft day trades. And if Mac Jones is still on the board by 10, some of these teams that are lower on the board that didn't expect uh, to be able to get a quarterback could see that tempting position and want to trade up and get him. Even though I can see the Broncos wanting a quarterback, uh, I could definitely see that being a hot commodity pick and a lot of trade offers coming the Broncos way. Yeah. I think even a team like Carolina, could get some trade offers you know maybe they do end up on a corner they can probably trade back with a team like the Patriots who are at 15 to move up and jump the Denver Broncos I do like the pick of Matt Jones and I do also just want to point out Adam Schefter on his podcast earlier this week or on ESPN I'm not 100% sure which one now that I think about it but he said it would be a surprise to him if Mac Jones doesn't go three now to me that sounds crazy I don't know why you would trade all those picks to get up to number three to take Mac Jones uh, but that could be a huge shakeup in the NFL draft and a way to keep your eye on. But that is not how we're predicting it here. And I still have a hard time believing that's how it's going to happen. The Bears traded up for Mitch Trubisky. Anything can happen in the NFL draft. Yeah, you're not that's wrong. You're not wrong. Uh, the Jags one year took a punter over Russell Wilson uh, when they had Blake Bortles <laughs> right. starting quarterback. So. Anything can happen. But, guys, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and move right on to the next pick. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys are on the clock. Uh, speaking of drafting a punter, I definitely wish they would right here. But I don't think they will. So, uh, I said it last week. Feel free to go back to last week's episode for a little bit more in-depth of a breakdown. But I'm going with Patrick Sertain, uh, the quarterback or cornerback. My apologies. Um, I believe that 
the Cowboys are going to see a bunch of tempting options on the board. I could also see them looking at a guy like Rayshon Slater um, or one of the other top players, but Patrick Sertain would fit right into the system. I feel like he fits with this team very well, and the Cowboys desperately need some cornerback help. Uh, they have the offensive pieces with Dak, with Zeke, with uh, the three-headed monster at receiver. Uh, what they don't have is a good defense, and I think that all starts with getting a uh, top corner. So I think they're going to go Patrick Sertain right here. Yeah, we said it last week. We'll say it this week. That's another great pick. Um, And like Tyler said, he'd fully broke it down on last week's episode. Uh, So I'm going to get us started with pick 11, where we thought we were starting uh, today. And that's the New York Giants. And boy, I want to be mean to George and take Devonta Smith. But I can't do it. I can't justify it after they just signed Kenny Galladay. They also added John Ross. Sorry, Jalen Waddle because we already took Devonta Smith. I did a mock draft earlier, and Devonta yep. Smith went to the Eagles, so that's why it's on my mind, but I apologize. Thank you for correcting me. Uh, I'm not going to do it. Like I said, they took Kenny Galladay, or they signed Kenny Galladay. They signed John Ross. They did lose Golden Tate, but they still have Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram. They have a def- decent offense of skills. They definitely need an edge rusher, but even – we're at pick 11 already, and there's still not an edge rusher on the board that I have a good feeling about. There's like a group of five that, like, depending where you look, where you do your research, whether it's NFL, ESPN, the Draft Network, Pro Football Focus, they all have them going in different spots. So Jalen Phillips or Kitty Pay might be on their, their mind, um, but I think they're going to go with probably the best defender in the entire draft class and that is Micah Parsons. He can play middle. He can play the outside in the 4-3 that they do. I think he'll be a nice partner next to Blake Griffin. Or not Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin plays basketball. Blake Martinez, uh, who they signed last year in free agency. Overall, Micah Parsons, he doesn't have to go far. He just goes across uh, the river into New Jersey from Penn State. George is probably still disappointed because he didn't want to see him go to a division rival but at least he stays in a similar shade of blue. Now you see, like I had to deal with Saquon Barkley going from Penn state to the New York giants a few years ago at pick two. And now you had to tell me that Michael Parsons, arguably the best defender in the draft, another Penn stater goes to the New York giants. That's what hurts me more. Like I get it how I wanted the Eagles to get a wide receiver, but I feel like that Penn state pride inside of me too really hurts when I see some of my favorite Penn Staters go to New York Giants. We all hate when our draft crushes or favorite college teams get players that go to the division rivals. I swear the Vikings and the Lions do it every year. It drives me crazy. It's like any other team. Justin Jefferson's a great example from last year. He was like the biggest draft crush I've had in a long time. Ends up with the Minnesota Vikings. It's the worst. Hey, but that's the NFL. And the crazy thing is, if he's on the Vikings now, I mean, it's crazy to think, but if players like to stay in your division, maybe there's a chance that he still ends up on the Packers at some point in his career. Hey, I'll take it. In uh, 10 years, when Jordan loves winning the Super Bowls with Justin Jefferson, got it. (laughs) 
and then the Packers will draft a quarterback in the first round and everyone's going to go crazy, but then he's going to jump right in seamlessly like Aaron Rodgers and then Jordan Love did, right? Absolutely. Green Bay's not having bad quarterback play for years. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, we should probably get back to the draft. No franchise can get that lucky, but they are set up for success here. So anyway, let's go on to pick 12, Philadelphia Eagles via Miami Dolphins via San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> so we all know that I've been talking wide receiver slash tight end for the Philadelphia Eagles ever since they've been at pick six. We know that there's a top three wide receiver slash one tight end that seem to be above all the rest, even though this is a very deep wide receiver class. And there is the argument that because the wide receiver class is so deep, it might be a good idea to go defense here, like go cornerback. So JC Horn's on my radar, but I think they're going to actually go wide receiver and I'm going to stick with Jalen Waddle, who we mentioned before the other Alabama wide receiver. Now, the only thing that concerns me is I was kind of hoping they'd get a little bit of a bigger guy, a little bit of a possession guy. Jalen Waddle is a small, super speedy wide receiver, mostly catches 50 plus yard touchdowns. It seems like he had 20 touchdowns in college and 11 of them were 50 plus yards. He's great at running the deep routes, selling the double move, and he's also a really good punt returner. I mean, I'll just take a wide receiver perform for the Eagles at all, no matter what kind of wide receiver it is. And you did lose Deshaun Jackson. The only problem I have is they drafted Jalen Rager last year, who was supposed to fill that role. And if he ends up panning out, you don't have any size in that wide receiver core. You got two speed guys on the outside and a small little Greg Ward in the slot. Like that's that's a little bit scary. But the Eagles need a wide receiver to perform. Jalen Waddle should be pretty much a lock, as the same with all these other top four tight end slash receivers. George, I got to call you out. You said they don't have any size. Nope. Last year on this podcast, you told me that Travis Fulgham, who has size, is just as good as Super Bowl run Alshon Jeffrey. So what do you need size for? Why are you taking a wide receiver? We all we go. got stuck. <laughs> In the Travis Fulgham hype, he was helping us all in fantasy. He had those breakout three games and then didn't. I felt like he didn't catch a ball for the last eight weeks of the season. I don't know what happened to him. If the Eagles stopped using him when people like Alshon Jeffrey came back, if he just got exposed by some corner and everyone's like, oh, this is how you take care of it. I don't know what it is, but I think it was a little bit <laughs> too quick to get on the hype train. I'll admit it. There's a chance he does pan out, but I'm not completely sold fair every year i feel like george has a preseason wide receiver who flashes in these preseason games and he's like guys you don't understand he's the next big thing he's gonna take off he's gonna be the greatest thing since sliced bread and he ends up living his whole career on the practice squad uh it happens every year and i can't wait to see who that player is this year one of those guys you're speaking of is Greg Ward, and Greg Ward has proven to be at least a reliable slot receiver in the NFL. Well, I can't blame George. He has to get excited for those UDFA's practice squad guys because they take first round wide receivers and uh, they don't pan out. So I understand his excitement for, for guys That's that no fair. one are expecting because the Eagles need it. It's kind of sad when you have a preseason practice squad gem like Greg Ward, who you would trust more throwing to than either of your first round picks of J.J. Ortega Whiteside or Jalen Rager. 
Sorry, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside's name gives me a headache. Uh, and he, he was should. a second-round pick. We'll give him that. He was a second-round pick. He still went uh, it's before bad, DK. Met. And it's all good. Not any better, really. Uh, but, <laughs> but George, say one of the big three wide receivers there, like in our draft, Jalen Waddle was there. And the Philadelphia Eagles take Terrence Marshall Jr. from LSU or Rashad Bateman from Minnesota. What is your thoughts? What's going through your head at that moment? So we have the clear big three, but then they take a surprise pick, similar to how we had Justin Jefferson last year, and they, they got Jalen Rager. Give me a little inside inside your head. How would you feel as an Eagles fan? Now, I'll, I'll admit, I do like Bateman a lot, but not at pick 12. If you would set, tell me they trade back up into the end of the first round to take him or if he falls to them in round two because they still have the sixth pick in the second round and take Bateman, I would love it. And if that's the case, I really hope they take someone like a Micah Parsons if he falls or a corner like J.C. Horn, who I was debating taking at this pick. If they take one of those not top tier wide receivers at pick 12, I will be absolutely furious because it just falls right into the same plan that they've been doing the last few years. And every single one of those wide receivers have flopped. And I'm not saying I would want that wide receiver to flop or that wide receiver will flop, but you just not taking the obvious top guys who every other scout in the NFL seems to value. And then you all of a sudden don't, I, I just don't get it. I get where you're coming from. Now, what if the, I you said you like Bateman? I, I know you do. But let's say, and we got to move on from the Eagles, but I got one more question because I love messing with you about the Eagles. Let's say <laughs> the big four receivers are gone. Would you be, still be mad if they took Bateman? Or is it, if it's one of those, we got to go defense? Yes. I think you got to go defense then at that point because there's still too many holes to fill. Either take defense or trade back out say happens that one of those quarterbacks like a Mac Jones is still on the board and someone wants to trade up to pass the Patriots or something then maybe make that move but I I think you have to go defense and you'd want to stay put because you have so many other holes to fill on that team all righty that's enough Eagles talk all right Tyler. guys I gotta cut you off <laughs> yeah yep. I am now on the clock uh with the Los Angeles Chargers, uh, definitely an interesting team having lost Hunter Henry, um, you know, with the new face and Justin Herbert that uh, took over a lot earlier than expected and looked a lot better than expected. So, uh, you know, they probably expected to be a team that was a couple years off from really competing and they flashed so big last year that... I honestly think they're a lot closer than they originally expected. So I think that they're going to try to go for a piece that can help win now, but also a piece that can help them long-term in the future. And that guy to me would be offensive tackle Rayshon Slater. Um, I think he's one of the best players in the draft remaining. I, I think it's, not only a best player available pick, but they could also use some help on the offensive line. Like I said, I think it's a win now kind of move because you get a guy like Rayshon Slater who can really uh, shore up that edge of the offensive line. Uh, the run game improves. Herbert gets more time in the pocket. Your pass game improves. 
and your offense takes that next step it needs. But at the same time, you're also protecting your franchise guy and Justin Herbert, helping him stay upright and helping him stay healthy. Uh, so it's a good long-term and short-term move. I think best player available. If Rayshon Slater falls to this pick and they are able to get him, I think they would be ecstatic to have it. Definitely agree. And having such a crisper outrunner like Keenan Allen with the young star Justin Herbert with a little bit extra time in the pocket, that offense could be deadly, especially if someone like Austin Eckler stays healthy all year next year. Chargers could rebound quickly. I mean, they were already a pretty good team last year. They ended up having a good run near the end of the year to get obviously all the way back up to pick 13. So you're getting to the borderline playoff contenders at this point. They're not far off from being a playoff team this year, and that could be one of the pieces that really helps them get to that. Yes, I love this pick uh, for the Chargers. If Slater somehow falls to 13, and in our draft he does, there's some guys saying that that's why Miami traded back up. They want to get they want to get Slater. There's some people that have Slater higher than Penny Swool on their draft board. Uh, but then there's also guys like Mel Kuyper Jr. He's like, uh, he might be more of a guard. So that's why we're seeing him slide a little bit. But I think he would be great backing up Brian Balaga. Maybe he plays right guard to start as a rookie, uh, but he backs up Brian Balaga, Brian Balaga, Iowa, have to say that. And then he has an injury history. He can bounce outside to right tackle. Solid pick. Last year, we saw Tristan Wirfs. Probably the best offensive lineman get drafted at 13. Los Angeles Chargers are hoping for the same thing here uh, at pick 13. Tyler, who is someone who says he doesn't know as much about the draft, is killing it with his picks, in my personal opinion. So congrats to you, my friend. Thanks, buddy. Of course, of course. And that puts me on the clock with the Minnesota Vikings. So we've been talking about punters all day. Uh, so the Minnesota Vikings will be t- selecting Matt Duffy, punter, Kentucky, run the card in. Don't even need to – the commi- condition, commissioner – well, I can't even say commissioner. Commissioner can announce it tonight. That's how sure of I am the of it. The uh, conditioner. George, you're up. I'm, I'm totally kidding. I'm As much as I would love um. to do that. <laughs> yeah. As much as I would love to do – the whole punter thing for the Vikings. The Vikings, I mentioned it. They like to take guys. I somehow hope they fall to the Packers. I'm a big fan of, and they're going to do it again here. I think they're debating between offensive tackle and edge rusher again. They have hope that Daniel Hunter will be back this year after his mysterious neck injury that kept him out all last season. They let go of Riley Reed. So they need some help on the offensive line. I said it when I was up with the Giants. There's still not an edge rusher that makes a lot of sense for me this early in the draft. I think they're going to be solid in the late teens, early 20s. And I've seen two offensive tackles go, and i got to get my guy, Christian Darishaw, out of Virginia Tech for the Minnesota Vikings, who I would love for somehow to fall to pick 29 for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, he's probably the third best tackle in the draft, so that won't happen. But we've seen crazier things. This dude is a monster. He can play both left tackle and right tackle. He just has, you know, that natural pad level that they always say about offensive linemen. He has the strength. He has the things. Or the things. He has the things. That's great analysis there, Cody. 
but I was trying to say he has the quickness. Uh, he can do so many things. Sometimes he gets accused of being too lazy off the line, too nonchalant, they might say. Um, but I think that's just because he played at Virginia Tech. And as a fan of Virginia Tech, the last few years have not been what they've expected or wanted. I think he knew he was going to the league. I think he knew he had to play this year to stay in that first round grade. He wasn't a Jamar Chase or possibly Rashad Bateman who could opt out and still know that they're pretty much a lock for the first round. He wanted to play this year to keep his skills tight, keep them fresh. He's going to go to the Minnesota Vikings. It's going to irritate me. He'll probably be a quality starter for many years in the NFL. Uh, but Christian Darishaw, Minnesota Vikings, always good to see a Virginia Tech prospect get drafted in the top 15. I definitely agree. I don't think he's going to fall away the Green Bay Packers, so I'm so sorry there, Cody. But the Vikings would get a good one if they get Darishaw there. I think they need the offensive line help to hopefully make Kirk Cousins look a little bit better than he is, but I don't think that team's going to be anything special as long as he's there at quarterback. As long as they're not playing in prime time, he'll be all right. Fair assessment. <laughs> well, George, you got the last pick of the day. Of the day. Man, I am having speaking issues galore. <laughs> Typical. Oh, yeah. So typical. Be nice. Well, <laughs> New England Patriots and myself are on the clock with pick 15 then. So Patriots could go a couple of different ways here, but I think a lot of the top guys that you would think about going to the Patriots to be off the board. They need quarterback. A lot of those quarterbacks are off the board. They need wide receiver. I think it's too early to go with any of those wide receivers outside of the top four I'm just I'm just gonna start counting Kyle Pitts and as a wide receiver at this point I think that's pretty fair and as well at this point I completely that agree. means that <laughs> that means I'm going to look elsewhere and I'm going to continue the offensive line run we got going on here so a lot of the offensive tackles are off the board you normally don't see a guard go high but now we're about mid-round so top guard on the board and a guy who can bounce out to play tackle if needed would be Elijah Vera Tucker out of USC. Like I said, he is a bigger guy. He does play guard, but if a team is in a bind with an injury, he can go out and play tackle, which it's nice to see somebody that has that kind of versatility. If you're going to draft them as high as they are guards, typically go in the second round of the draft. But when you have a special one and you have a hole to fill like Joe Tooney leaving for the Patriots has left them, I think it's a good move to be able to keep Cam Newton upright or whoever ends up playing quarterback there for the future. Elijah Vera Tucker, pick 15 to the Patriots. That's a solid pick. I debated him in Minnesota as well. I didn't name him, but solid pick. Um, Overall, I think we're doing pretty good with our mock draft, uh, guys. Uh, Any last questions? Maybe read the picks for our listeners if they're not writing this down at home or can't wait till the social media post. Give them a little update. Will do. I'll go back all the way to pick one just because we only got a couple of picks here. So we had Trevor Lawrence going one of the Jaguars. Zach Wilson, number two to the Jets. Trey Lance, number three to the 49ers. Justin Fields, number four to the Falcons. Penny Swell. Number five to the Bengals. Six, the Dolphins took Jamar Chase. Number seven, the Detroit Lions took Devontae Smith. 
And then what we got to today, Cody called the audible on the Carolina Panthers to take tight end Kyle Pitts. Number nine, the Broncos took Mac Jones. Ten, the Cowboys, Patrick Sertain. Number 11, the Giants take linebacker Micah Parsons. Number 12, Eagles go wide receiver with Jalen Waddell. 13, the Chargers start the offensive line run with Rayshon Slater. Vikings at 14 take Christian Dershaw. And 15, the Patriots, Elijah Vera Tucker. Solid picks, well, guys. There you, I can't yeah, wait to be doing completely great. wrong on these. <laughs> you know, I saw a tweet that, like, because last year, all the, the big-name analysts, you know, Mel Kuyper, Lance Erline, Todd McShay, those big names for the big networks, they had right around – one had five, and the other two had six out of 32 picks correct. So – Mock drafting, it's a fun exercise, but it's all its all guesswork. We're doing the best uh, we can to help let you guys know what your team might be interested, what you guys might want them to do, not what they might actually do. Uh, but as always, thanks again for listening to this episode of The Couch DMs. And if you're listening on a podcast platform, whether that's Anchor, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to your podcast, give us a five-star review. Subscribe so you get notified for all the podcasts and if you're watching us on youtube let us know in the comments below the video what you guys think of the show things you want to see things you want to hear we're going to bring it to you we're the couch dms that's what we do absolutely guys please 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 get involved like cody said uh hit us up in the comments and you know we're going to try to change up the show a little bit, guys. I'm just going to tease a little bit towards next season. Uh, we're going to find some ways to get you fans a little more involved, uh, maybe have some potential giveaways, maybe some uh, potential invites to the podcast. Who knows? The uh, only way you're going to find out is if you keep tuning in all off season and all season long. Uh, this show is just going to keep growing and getting better, and you definitely don't want to miss out on that, guys. So keep tuning in. We're going to keep you up to date with everything Couch GMs involved and NFL involved on our social media channels. So give us a follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the Couch GMs. And thank you one more time for listening this week. For Tyler Snyder and Cody Roadcap, I'm George Kurth, and we will see you all next week. Boom.